and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast for another week. Oh God, God, I'm so happy to be here this week for two very, very good reasons. First, very good reason is that it's show 222, show 222, which just sounds like a little train going along, which makes me very happy. <laughs> the second reason that I'm very happy to be here this week is because I've got all my friends with me. So we've got everybody <laughs> here tonight. Uh, John's here. Say hi, John. Ooh, hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drunk. Hi, <laughs> Good evening. Hi. And back after what feels like so, so long, it's Rach. Rach, how are you? Hello. I'm here. I'm good. And uh, I also liked the uh, fact that it was 222. I think that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so so good. good to be back. <laughs> it's great to have you here. I promise I will calm down now, everybody. <laughs> I can I only retain that much that... energy and enthusiasm for a very short time before I need to go and have a sleep. Sorry, John. Yes. That felt very loud in my ears. It was very loud. Was it? That's probably because the yelling I was doing. Don't worry, guys. I'll I'll level it all out in post. It'll be fine. The listeners will get a much better experience than you're going to get, which is pretty much par for the course. Um, we've got plenty of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, everyone's been doing almost everyone's been doing some fun and interesting stuff, which we really want to get to. And also, we've got some great listener emails that we want to talk to, and uh, an interesting Kickstarter that's going on as well. Who would have thought it? But I think let's start by having a quick catch up with what we've all been up to um i'm going to start off because i know that my quick catch-up is going to be by far and away the quickest um but i have been out shooting some film in the last week Yay! because it was holger week last week uh, i don't know whether you guys got a chance to get out with your holgers or not i, I still don't have a holger <laughs> yeah i don't have one either sadly no uh, okay not. well but never mind i've seen it it's looked fantastic and uh, i've been mm. following it on uh, social media at least so uh, so that's cool glad to hear yeah. that you're holding up the our end of the bargain here, yeah, <laughs> I was pretty late. I didn't get a chance to get until the very, very tail end of Holger Week, but I did, and I got my Holger loaded up with uh, some Provia from uh, some twenty-year-old Provia. So Ooh, I'm wow. sure that's just going to be just <laughs> fine. And um, I've been taking my brother down to the local airfield so he can ride his motorbike up and down a bit at the moment because he hasn't passed his test yet. Um, so I took some pictures of him on his motorbike. So we'll see how that comes out. But it was really nice to get out with it. Um, and the only other film thing that I've been doing within the last week is I have started wrestling with my what? 200 and whatever it is feet of um, tungsten balanced film. That uh, was a mixed bag of uh, nuts. But, you know, it's a, a work in progress. Um, so more news on that in the future. So that's me uh, in a nutshell. So uh, um, let's turn to next, because we haven't spoken to you for so long. Rach, what have Ooh. you been up to since you were last on the show? Oh, gosh. Do you know, I, I'm not even sure when I was last on the show. I've kind of been being there and not been there and, and doing like extra little sneaky recordings and things. And obviously um, we've had the underexposed episodes going out on Sunny 16 Presents as well. But uh, in terms of actually being... I was going to say in the room with you, but obviously I'm clearly not in the room with you all. But, um, Don't spoil the illusion. <laughs> no, breaking the fourth wall here. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it, it has been a while, hasn't it? And uh, yeah, there's been, it's one of those where you, you go, what have you been up to? And I go, there's been a million things that's been happening and I can't think of a single one to, to talk about at the moment. Um, 
it's just felt like a bit of a blur I have to say the last last couple of months at least as um, especially um but I have um I have been working obviously with Ilford um mm. on the um uh, educational videos that I was creating with them uh, prior to lockdown if you can remember that far back in another world um and then having picked those up again once we were able to get back on site um, and into the Ilford dark room so that I could present the the last uh, three of, of this sort of initial series. Um, I was, make sure everybody um, sends little comments to Ilford and, and tells them if they're, if they're enjoying them or not, because you never know, they might bring me back to do some more, which would be lovely. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been so much fun working with them, obviously, because they're, they're lovely anyway. You know, obviously we, we speak to Matt and Michelle um, quite often anyway, and uh, Fab team there. So um, it's been it's been so um so nice sort of like hearing back the 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 feedback from people who were just sort of starting to get into printing in the dark room or analog photography in general or or coming back to it you know after after maybe a few years away and things and um just sort of like the little bits of feedback of knowing that it's encouraging people to to explore and to experiment has been uh, such a lovely feeling so um, that was always the aim with this, you know, it was never going to be um, a full in-depth hour and a half long tutorial. It was always going to be like bite size. This is a sort of starting point to encourage people to try things out. And and I think that that's, that has happened. So it's been lovely to uh, to know about that and, um, and to see those videos going out. So if you haven't had a chance to check them out, um, if you go to Ilford's YouTube channel, you'll be able to mm. see them there. So um, there's four that have now been um, uh, that have now been launched, and one left, one left to go. So uh, yeah, that that was really exciting and lovely. And um, the other thing, um, like uh, another one of the things that I've been up to, has been working with um, Analog Wonderland because they launched their subscription boxes. Um, so um, Paul from Analog Wonderland got in touch with me uh, a couple of months ago and asked if I could create some cyanotype pieces so that people would have like an initial um, little mini kit uh, for for the box. So um, so I sort of like developed that, adapted you know uh, a part of my Analog Adventure kits to to be able to go into the subscription boxes. So they've been going out all over the world, which has been amazing. Sort of seeing people um tagging me in stories and uh, and things on uh, social media and seeing what what's going on with those because i sort of put these things out into the world and and i'm never quite sure what people are going to make with them so seeing what people have come back with and what they've created is just it's always um really magical and uh, and such a such a thrill to sort of like see what people um how creative people are with with these tools and things so that's been lovely um and um the other kind of like main project i've been working on has been with the the walker uh, art gallery in liverpool mm -hmm. um as part of the linda mccartney retrospective so um it's a fabulous exhibition of her work um which has been in glasgow and i think maybe a couple of other places but um it's in liverpool at the moment and um obviously with everything having change with lockdown the gallery itself um was open uh, i'm gonna say is open um just today liverpool's gone into tier three lockdown so i'm not entirely sure but i think i think it's still open um so people could go in um but in terms of uh, workshops and more interactive things that i would normally be delivering you know in person um that's not been possible so they asked me to create some online 
um, little videos uh, instead um, to kind of like introduce people who don't really know anything about vintage photography or analog photography to um, the kind of cameras that she would have used and the idea of contact sheets and this kind of thing. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I've been busy working on uh, filming those and, and getting those edited. So, um, yeah, they'll be hopefully getting released um, pretty soon, as soon as I've managed to finish um, getting the edit, the final edits done. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a few other things that I've been up to as well. But, um, oh, uh, the other thing, of course, that uh, I haven't really spoken to you guys about recently um, has been my Patreon um, membership. So um, through patreon.com, little vintage photography, you can find my sort of like membership. And as part of that, I've been doing these virtual film development parties each month, which has been so much fun. So it's um, a chance for us all to kind of like get together from around the world uh, with our developing tank and actually process films uh, at the same time, have a little catch up, uh, see what people have um, been out shooting. Um, and it's been a fantastic kind of um, variety of um, shots and rolls of film that people have actually been processing. Um, so they've been shot in places like, you know, all literally all across the world, uh, which I find just fascinating mm. to see what comes out of those afterwards. Um, that's been really lovely. and. Um, I'm always buzzing after I've I've uh, had chance to kind of like take part in one of those host one of those parties because it's just a real high they've been a real highlight for me um having felt quite quite isolated and quite sort mm. of away from everybody I'm, I'm you know people might know I'm quite a peoply person generally and uh, uh, I'm starting to find that it's getting a bit wearing and and what have you not being able to actually connect with people properly so this has been um a, my way of kind of help it, hopefully um doing that and uh, and people seem to have really enjoyed it so far so uh, so that's lovely and um yeah i've had a, a great time doing those and i'm looking forward to doing doing more of them so that's that's me <laughs> having joined in on a couple of those um dev uh the um i was it called them again which i'm terrible <laughs> Uh, virtual film development party virtual film development parties and um, they are good fun it's really nice mm. to just hang out with other people whilst you're doing that i really enjoy that uh, the other thing you've done since we last because you've had a big reorg and tidy up and sort out of your darkroom haven't you i have yes i've forgotten about that <laughs> i have and um half the bits of the darkroom that i um that are not in constant use are now in a different room in the house <laughs> getting in the way but we won't talk about that um <laughs> <laughs> the darkroom itself is still tidy, ah, which is amazing. Um, so it's meant that I can uh, actually use the space again, um, which I, I do find it very difficult to focus if if the space around me is quite disorganised. Some people thrive off off the mess and things, and it's like just knowing exactly where everything is, even if it feels disorganised. But um, I I find that quite quite hard to do. So actually feeling like I've got a, a room with a little bit of space in it again um, that is um, set up uh, as a dark room now is is really helpful so um, that gave me the opportunity to oh yeah because um, obviously I took part in the in the photography show um, uh, virtually um, as it was uh, this year and um, actually my video uh, on the analog spotlight stand 
was from the photography show last year where we had that in real life and I delivered a cyanotype demonstration so it was actually quite nice it's as close as we could get to being in the real world shall we say um uh, but virtually and uh, as part of that I was asked to um create a uh, an image for the um disabled photographers society charity auction so now I've got the my little darkroom space uh, sort of set up again uh, here. It's meant that I was able to kind of go in and, and get that printed up. Um, I actually printed that up um, on some uh, lovely Ilford Pearl paper um, because my image was of uh, light on lockdown leaves. So it's kind of got a real kind of like glowy shimmer to it. And I thought Pearl paper would be lovely to use for that. Um, it would just add something a little bit extra to it. Um, so I printed that up and packaged it up and I've sent it off um, to uh, to Aggie and um, she's sending it on uh, with another print. The the person who won it was the highest bidder, um, obviously on that print and on another print uh, from the charity auction. There were nine nine pieces in total um, and it's going off to Australia. So that's kind of cool to know that it will also be going over to the other side of the world mm. and hopefully a bit of pleasure to somebody there. Yeah. that's awesome rake that's really cool uh, you've been up to tons as always um and remember if anything else i forgot i can't remember uh, <laughs> I, I think you've hit, I, mean, I know you went away on holiday and you got to take some pictures on holiday as well didn't you but you also <laughs> messed yourself up once you were on holiday I so I ended up with the sciatica which was very painful and i ended up basically lay flat out on my back for two two days pretty much couldn't move i was dragging my leg along <laughs> um so yeah it wasn't wasn't pretty um but uh but i did take my camera with me i took uh i took three cameras in the end actually um i took my om uh, one um which i then realized when i got there that the batteries had run out run out but thankfully because it was my own one it uh, it was still operational uh, i just had to use a different light meter um i took my hasi um, and I took my, um, oh, I took my Cheap Shots Challenge camera, my Franca Salida, with me. So, awesome. Yeah. Haven't processed I, any of it yet. <laughs> um, I don't suppose you know, Rachel, and I don't know whether you would or whether the information is even out there, um, about how well the uh, Disabled Photographer Society, how their auction went in the end, how much money they managed to raise from that. I don't know in whether total, they put I'm not sure, but um, I know that um, mine raised 150 pounds so um That's i think awesome. most of them sold for um the the kind of like what you would normally say is your recommended retail price if you like so uh it was really well taken up and i'm ever so pleased to know that because uh yeah it, hopefully it all helps you know yeah i mean i'm sure it's not going to come anywhere close to earning them what they normally no. get from having their stand there so um just to give them a quick shout out if anybody has cameras that they don't want any more and they want to find a home for do consider sending them in donating them to the disabled photographer society so that hopefully next year when hopefully the photography show can hopefully mm. happen again then they yeah. can hopefully have a store there and sell yeah. them and make loads of money to help people with disabilities engage with this hobby um, Absolutely, it's, it's really cool what they do there yeah, they've got a really active Facebook group, so you can find them on there, and uh, the link to their website is also there too. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Perfect stuff.
Okay, well, from um, wet weekends in Wales do, doing yourself an injury, Claire, you've had a slightly more glamorous trip away. Or at least it sounds glamorous when you say it. I don't know whether it was glamorous, but it certainly sounds glamorous. So uh, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Um, since we last spoke, well, I've just I've just come back literally um, from Italy. I was in Italy for a week. Um, yeah, I was... You made it there and back. That's amazing. I made it there and back. And, you know, and I they like, let you back into Wales, which I'm not <laughs> sure yeah, it was a given. <laughs> you know I was actually really lucky because I was actually in in uh, Italy when the uh, the the rules changed um so that um if you were entering um I think it was from last Thursday um to Italy um from the UK you had to I think um have a coat you had to have a test and you had to test obviously negative and you had to show them the date of your test um so that didn't affect me because I was already in the country but um Italy from from that point of view um felt a lot safer than here actually mm -hmm. a lot stricter um mm -hmm. and yeah so it's so from that point of view but yeah no it's it's been a, it was a lovely week um had look first of all I had really lovely weather mm. <laughs> um yeah um so it was like living in the still living in summer where I were because I flew I flew to Bologna but I had a few days um down the coast um so I went to uh Riccioni and also to Rimini and um did you drive that, around claire or how no, did you the, 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 the public transport is fantastic um, there it's really efficient and it's actually really quite cheap um so uh, from the airport i got i got like a, a bus um down the coast um and then i got like trains trains to where i wanted to go but it was great because i might i shot 27 packs of film when I was out there. Ah, you were yeah. only there for a week, Claire. Yeah, I didn't manage I to get through any of my rolls of film. <laughs> I was getting up really early. I was just like really fired up. So I was ah. getting up really early. And I even made, um, I took my Super 8 camera with me and I made two short films there. Um, yeah. but, but what was really lovely was um, I was in, for me anyway, was where I was. Um, but there was two things. I, I'd gone out because I was in the um, ISO 600 exhibition in Bologna, um, which was, um, you know, like an instant instant art exhibition. Um, so people that use instant film from around the world showing their work. And, and that was lovely. So I, I got to... Um, meet some people that I already know, some people that I consider friends now and also meet some new people. And, um, you know, it was always a pleasure. And the gallery was just lovely. It was um, it was like a David Lynch set. It was like... Ooh, very yeah, clear. <laughs> it was, it really was. It was like red velvet walls and then sort of black and red velvet. And I was just like, oh, it's just like a David Lynch set. So it was really me. Um, so so that, was, that was wonderful, um, being part of that. And... Um, and then, like I said, for me, the other sort of magic for me was um, just the area where I was. So in Rimini, obviously, it's home to Fellini, one of my favourite film directors. So I really just enjoyed myself um, going round um, his old haunts and looking at the different locations where he shot different films and different scenes. Um, and I actually shot, um, made a short film in Rimini um, and actually in one of the hotels there. It's called the Grand Hotel, which um, Fellini himself um, used to love to stay there. Um, and I even asked them, apparently you can see you can see the room he stayed, stayed in, it's uh, on the third floor. 
Um, uh, but I wasn't able to see it because someone had booked it out, which was a shame. So, oh. so that was lovely for me. And then, like you say, even in Bologna, um, another film director I love, um, you know, was born uh, and made films there, Pasolini. And of course, Antonioni went to university there and lived not far. So it was a lovely kind of um, photography film kind of adventure. Homage almost, really, for you, yeah, I guess. it was. It really was. <laughs> yeah, so I, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. A little question about the exhibition because um, yeah. obviously that was the reason that you were going out there, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so tell us about how that came about. Like, did it was this an open call or were you asked to submit to it? Um, or yeah, how, um, how it was. It was an open call. I'd I was accepted into it last year, um, but I wasn't able to get out there last year. Mm. So I got like um, a remark, just a, an email to say that the the open call was out again. Uh, from the curator Alan Marce Marcelli so I um, yeah I, I answered the open call and I was lucky enough to to be selected uh, yeah so, so that was that was really nice it was quite small small exhibition but um, yeah lovely um, so that's something they do um, every year there um, and they had um, when we were there, they had some workshops and some talks. So I bought a book um, off another instant uh, photographer, Stefano. Um, you might know his work, but he he made a book um, basically when he was in lockdown, um, and he ended up in lockdown in his parents' house, mm -hmm. and his niece was living there at the time. So the two of them. Um, sort of worked on a series of images and sort of um, produced this book in lockdown. So we that was nice, listening to his kind of workshop and talk around how that came into being. Um, yeah, no, that was good. <laughs> and congratulations on on uh, another successful exhibition. Oh, oh thanks, fabulous job. Thank you. <laughs> oh. no, that's awesome. So the stuff you were taking whilst you're out there, Claire, was it mm. anything in particular you were trying to achieve whilst you're out there? I mean, tw 27 packs of film you got through? Yeah. Instant film, I presume. No, well, I was no? about 20, uh, 23 of them were, and the rest, there was, um, the rest was 35 mil. Oh. And, then, and then I had my two Super 8 films on top. I'd planned it before I went, so it was my my usual kind of characters. Some sort of um, night scenes as well, um, you know, without me in it, just like um, different, you know, city at night and um, things like the swimming pool that was quite nicely lit and some grounds that I liked. Yeah, I had a, I had a great time. In fact, I was like, quite often I was working until two in the morning and then getting up again at seven and a half, seven to get, to get going it's again. really inspired by, by yeah. being there. And, and, and to make sure I could get stuff, um, get some work in before maybe any any people kind of appear. Yeah. 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 Um, have you got plans for it? You know, is it going to be a book or a zine or an exhibition or anything in, in mind as a like end point? Or is it just kind of a document of this is... Yeah, it'll be... Uh, um, It'll probably be end. Some of it will probably end up being submitted to other kind of open calls. And of course, my two, my two, the two short films that I made, the moving films, um, they will end up probably, you know, obviously on on my website. So hopefully, hopefully, um, I've got usable footage. What uh, what film stock did you use for the Super Eight? The Super Eight. I used two films. I used um, the Kodak two hundred, um, and I also used the five hundred night vision one. Oh, if you nice. know that one, Ooh. 
yeah so I'm really looking forward to seeing how that came came about because I did some <coughs> outside uh, in, in very low light at night and in indoors as well are where, you... where are you sending it to get it processed Claire sorry John that was gonna be my same so, question oh where do, I, where do I get it right yeah. I, I I actually buy my film um I purchase film um and process and scan um from uh, to digitize so from gauge mm. do you know kevin from yes. from yeah yeah it's really good um so i always buy my film of him um yeah and then obviously i edit it myself um but yeah oh, so i guess so just hopefully there'll be something useful <laughs> on there <laughs> um whilst you were there Claire, was there anybody else's work i mean i'm sure there was lots of work that really caught your eye in the exhibition was there any real standouts for you from what was in the exhibition yeah there was um oh, let me see the name there was a danielle danielle davida i think the name was oh you're thinking um, of danny devito they'd done some beautiful you know i i, I really like double exposures so they'd done mm. some re really lovely um double exposures there was also um i met um her for the first time actually i'd never met this lady before um she was called naomi naomi heidel um, and she'd done some beautiful work of her daughter, um, and that was very, um, that was very atmospheric, um, mm. quite magical. Um, in fact, it reminded me of very much of like sort of picnic at Hanging Rock kind of um, feel to it. Um, so yeah, so so there was yeah, um, you know, a lot of um, really great good work that um, yeah caught my eye. Awesome. Well, I think we were we, we, we've all been watching over the last few weeks uh, the, the conversations about are you going to make it to Italy? This was an ongoing yeah. conversation, and yeah. I think I speak for all of us to say that we're very glad yeah. that you made it there. It looked Thank like you. it was such a close call as well. Yeah. Well, I left it because I was monitoring the situation, and obviously wanted to be sensible. So I, I left it really to the last minute, and then I kind of booked it, and I thought I hope nothing changes now in the next two days. But like I said, once I was there, I mean. The, the flying out it was really quiet but once I was there um it, it was it's it's it was um much it's stiff, stricter I would say than here it's like mask mask everywhere inside and out kind of thing all the time um and other precautions in place so that I think I did feel quite safe there and obviously mm. it's a responsibility for all your other bits and pieces and your your hand washing and everything yeah but yeah I, I'm, I'm really glad I I got there and, and back okay so it's uh, it's fed your soul enough to keep you has, going through the has, long dark been, winter in Anglesey so I've got a lot of scanning to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> yeah so it's scanning I've started I've started some but yeah <laughs> okay that's awesome uh well should we move on to you John um because I don't think you've had any nice exotic holidays within the last few weeks, but hopefully maybe your new project might mean you can at some point in the future, right? <laughs> John's got some nice exotic I, hair. I John does have, John's got a bad case of the gingers going on at the moment, and that's nothing to knock at gingers. It's um, not because, ginger. You know, well, on the camera, whenever so whenever we turn, we're using Google Meet, and for Is some it like reason... Red or something? Right. It's red, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's, it's It's really it's live it's really red. red. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all we get to see is the top of John's head when he first turns on. It's not a pretty sight. Um, anyway, moving you're just, on. From... You're jealous, Graham. I know you are. 
Mm, I'm I'm really not. My hair hasn't gone grey like yours, John, so I don't need to be colouring it. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> so go on, you. You've got some quite important stuff to pass on to our list. What you've been up to? So I'm going to keep yes, this. I'm going to keep it short and punchy. Um, <sighs> actually, why don't you do our list to it and actually just tell them what you're doing properly, and then they can okay. make their own decision. Well, uh, I've got three things. Okay, so firstly, oh, I only allowed for one. <laughs> <laughs> well tough you're gonna get three now um the first one is uh, my in focus interview went up on the ilford website last week oh, or the week yes. before uh, so yeah. check that out if you want to read about me waffling about why i uh, shoot film um what else happened uh, so this week on monday what day is tuesday today yesterday i found out that um i'm gonna have some prints in an exhibition and i need to deliver them by tomorrow um, oh, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> uh, so I've been I've been documenting uh, an artist in Coventry who's been running some workshops for Black History Month, and mm. she asked me yesterday if I'd like to exhibit those photos that I've been taking as part of the awesome. exhibition at the end of all these workshops. Unfortunately, mm. they need delivering tomorrow, and I've I had about four hours free to do these prints, so mm. I've got a late night tonight finishing those off. Are you um, talking to us in the middle of it? Oh my gosh, great! It's Oh, I don't know. I've, I'm gonna. <laughs> I might even return to Red Bull tonight. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was gonna say that, but <laughs> yeah, you would, Claire. You would say that. Um, John, the Red is this? Yep. Is this the uh, woman, the pictures that you showed me recently that you've taken? Um, it's the same woman. It's not uh, the same project. So this is a different okay. project. Uh, this is more of a community-based uh, workshop. Um, venture and mm -hmm. a lot of the work that's been created and people that she's been working with are exhibiting their work it's at the Belgrade Theatre in Coventry um, and I think it opens on Thursday lockdown permitting um, so yeah it's it's very kind of her to ask me if if to put some prints in it as well and so um, the, ex so the exhibition will be at the Belgrade at the Belgrade Theatre Theater, yeah yeah from Thursday um so yeah, if, if, as, long, if as long as I get them done in time. <laughs> if we're not able to get there, is there any way of seeing it online or anywhere? Um, I will probably take some photos of the prints once they've Super. been displayed and put them on my social media. I think that's that will happen really at some cool. point. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. It's just it's very last minute, and I, I've yeah. barely, I've hardly got any time. <laughs> That's always the okay. way, though, isn't it? Always the way. Yeah, that is very cool. All right, let's move on. So the next thing, uh, I'm going to ask you questions about this so we can make yes. sure we get all the information out. So, John, yes. you have started a new project. Not a new yep. project, a new venture, I suppose. Uh, what is it? So um, I guess, like, for the last few months, as a lot of people know, times have been very difficult for artists and photographers mm. um I've, I've lost a lot of work uh, because of what's happened mm. with the pandemic but it's kind of given me time to think about the direction i want to go in and what i really want to do and something that's been niggling me for a long time is ditching social media i've kind of stuck in a, a cycle of just posting working on projects posting the images randomly to social media and that's it you know it just goes around in a loop and i don't do anything with them so i, I kind of wanted to change that um so i i cancelled my facebook account over a month ago now um 
and really kind of got my head down working on setting up a subscription um, and patron membership system. And I've decided to integrate that fully on my website. So it's not on patreon.com. It's on my website, which is johnwhitmorephotography.co.uk. Um, and it's it's all centered around uh, producing a quarterly zine of my photos. So instead of putting them online, I'm going to put them all together within a quarterly zine and get them printed and send them out to subscribers. Um, that's not to say I won't post some images online. Um Ooh. But primarily, it's going to be going on my website and in this zine um, just to start stepping away from just using social media as a publishing platform. Physical product rather than yep. digital, yeah, yeah. Um, social media yeah. platform. And, and it's, quite, it's taking control as well. It's like I don't mm. put a lot of my images on my website because I'm just mm. putting them on social media platforms. And that's, that's ridiculous. I think it's like, I, I should have ownership of my work more, I think. Yeah. So I need to put the effort into putting it on my platforms as opposed to somebody else's platforms that are ultimately making money from that. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't I saw right that you posted, um, yeah, no, um, I, I think uh, I personally definitely <laughs> resonate with, with that. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners do and probably, um, our other co-hosts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw that post that you put up, John, just before you finished, um, uh, on social medias, um, which was kind of referencing, is it Jack Lowe, uh, as like yeah. a, an inspiration behind that as well. He's a large format wet plate photographer, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, he works on the Lifeboats, um, project. And, and I just thought that was a, yeah, I, I could see where you're coming from with that. Well, so Maybe. Like, I met Jack Lowe about four yeah. years ago, uh, when he, when he was just starting that project and I've kind of been following him since. Yeah. And um, oh, that's really cool. he, he's like during the last few years, he's built up a huge following on like Facebook and Instagram, right? I think he had like 20,000 followers on Instagram or something. And he mm-hmm. kind of published his stats about how many people were actually following through from his posts on Instagram through to his website and ultimately either subscribing to him or buying his prints or anything like that. And there was no traction there at all. So he's, he was spending all this time posting to those platforms and it wasn't making any sense. And the, mm-hmm. the brutal reality of it is you need to make money from the, these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you can't continue doing it. Um, and well, it's, it, not business, it's not a living. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he, he pulled the plug on them, you know, and mm-hmm. they're tied in with all that as well. You've got all the like moral implications of what Facebook are like as a company and all the problems they're causing and don't seem to do anything about it. So I, I happily pulled away from Facebook. I had no problem with that. Instagram, I'm struggling with a bit because mm-hmm. um, there are elements of it I enjoy and I think it's mm-hmm. an okay platform, but still they just, they're just they monetizing everybody's content for no return, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this constant struggle, isn't it? It's like you're always told, oh, you need to have as a photographer, you need your work on Instagram because that's where everyone's looking. It's like, but there's like a billion photographers on Instagram. Mm, yeah. Mm. So I, I don't know. Just wasn't sitting well with you. No, no. Um, in, in terms of um, making sure that people are aware of what you're doing and getting them to your site and things, um, how are you envisaging that 
working better <laughs> for you now then is it more of a kind of by like, doing things like the exhibition and working with the artists this, and this is the real catch of- isn't it because like social mm. platforms are actually quite good for marketing um mm. so i I am going to use them more for that purpose rather than publishing my work. So I'll be talking yeah. about the content on my website more and yeah. the my subscription services on the social platforms more than actually just publishing my work there. Um, mm. And in other ways as well, just like real world ways, like I'm going to start actually going to meet people and talking about things face to face. Well, hopefully face to face at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and just just doing things. Just I need to do things differently because I've just mm. been going around mm. in circles and it's not going anywhere. So I just need to break that that cycle, basically. Um, it's, it's exciting. It, it's I'm like it's yeah. giving me so much energy doing it. I'm just like actually, this is this feels great, and I just want to. You're not spending all that time on, on yeah. the, the uh, on social media, so yeah. that's that's fab to hear, John. And I'd be really interested interested to to hear how how you kind of like get on with this approach because um if if I could like I mean obviously I have a choice in the matter like the same as you that you've you've chosen to move away from that but um the main reason that I'm on social media because I find it very I can find it quite difficult in terms of you know like for my mental health and and mm-hmm. just generally how how it's making me feel <laughs> as a creative person anyway um it can be quite a struggle so um I'm so really uh, mainly on there for for my business um mm-hmm. you know to make sure that um I'm I'm sort of being visible and so that people know where to to find me and that kind of thing um if there were a different way an alternative way of kind of doing that and still having a, a presence and um, being able to, you know, um, make a living through through um, what we do as creatives, um, then that would be wonderful. So, um, like you well, say, yeah. I'm really pleased to hear about your energy levels and and feeling really positive about this new change for you. That's great. I do. Th- I do think there is a place for it for mm-hmm. certain products, as it were, like or for certain services, sure. I guess. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they're great platforms for maybe like visual art based work um Mm. and just putting that work on those platforms i think they're great if you've got a physical product to sell maybe um or it or if you're just using it for fun you know if it's Mm. not if it's just like you're posting your photos there because it's an outlet for you and you enjoy taking photos and it's a way of sharing them with people that's absolutely fine but the reality like a personal level yeah yeah, rather than from like a this is actually my work in the, the yes. artistic sense of the word, it does. I don't think it works for that at all. Mm. And, and unless mm. you're, I think there's a breaking point. I think if you're an, a well-established artist that's got a name and a brand for themselves, then yes, I think you can just churn out content on those platforms, and mm. it works as a marketing element. But when you're at a level where you feel like you're giving all this stuff away and not getting anything back, then it's mm. like it just wait, well, it's beating me down basically. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's so, horrible. so John, um, we started this off saying we wanted to talk about what you were doing, and much <laughs> like your uh, website was before, <laughs> much like your website was before we had a conversation, this is mostly turned into a rant about social media, and we haven't yet <laughs> talked about what you're actually offering people. Oh boy, should have, should have, making I, I, I know, but we, he, he has like tears, like 
John, yeah, talk yeah. through what you're actually offering, specifics for people. So specific, specifically, <laughs> um, it's all centered around the quarterly zine. Okay, so every tier will get um, sent to them a zine four times a year. The patron levels are uh, the yearly, the price points, because I couldn't do it monthly. It just makes no sense. We're doing a quarterly zine. Um, mm -hmm regards postage and printing costs and all that sort of stuff. So I've had to do yearly rates. Um, and then, so the base tier gets that and then access to um, exclusive content on the website. Um, what else have I got on there? I should probably check my website, see what I'm doing. And a voucher for prints that I'm making. <laughs> Shut up. A voucher oh, for prints. And then the higher tiers will give you vouchers for um, different leveled prints, basically, depending on what collection they're in on the website. I have a, a beautiful print of yours, um, John, so I can thoroughly recommend um, your your gorgeous darkroom work. It's it's fab. Which you've got a uh, one from Italy, haven't you? Is that right? I have. Yes, my dad yes. bought it for me um, when we were at yours for your um, Open Studios, the Coventry Open Studios last year. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, um, with your, seeing your lovely exhibition that you got there. So um, that was the one that I chose. And yeah, my dad oh, got for me. So I, uh, I think it's beautiful. So if you've got that as, as part of your, um, towards your tiers and things as well then, or yeah. it's a voucher towards them being able to choose um, yeah, so a print. As soon as you subscribe, the voucher's valid for 12 months. So you don't have to cash it in straight away. You can like I'm, another part of this is I need I'm starting to put more prints on my online shop. Um, mm. During my Dark Shed Live YouTube streams, the prints that I make during that will also go into there as well. So you can mm. use the vouchers to buy those prints um, for free. And the way I've done it is they then get packaged up. Uh, for delivery with the quarterly zine so it cuts down the postage and packaging costs as well nice yeah that's really good lovely that's Great. so cool are you excited about it then yeah and sorry uh, oh yeah and i'm sending the first mag the first zine is going off to print tomorrow so like Ooh. it'll be ready for delivery at the start of november it's all going to your house tomorrow <laughs> <It's> all, <laughs> i've got a busy day tomorrow <laughs> Wow. It's really cool. I, I, I really like the way you've got this laid out because it's, for one thing, it's straightforward. Um, it's easy to look <laughs> like at it on your website. I the way I describe it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. Um, I, I like, I, like, and this is, we have to talk about this, but I genuinely love the fact that it is an annual thing because I think it actually makes for a really good gift either for yourself or for somebody else because you, you have this one-off payment and then you've got things to look forward to throughout the year of the zine coming in and also this voucher to get a print and as you were just saying like there's you've got some prints in there at the moment which people can look at and choose from but also if they wait if they choose to wait there will be other stuff coming through so um it's i i think it's just yeah a, a nice thing to do what was the reason that you decided to do it on your own website like this rather than go with something like patreon which rate chooses because uh, I'm a control freak, um, mm -hmm. I like I, I looked at using Patreon. Um, I struggled with getting my head around doing a physical project product through Patreon, um, mm -hmm. and then linking that through with vouchers through to my website as well. So I spent a good month integrating it into my own website. The whole 
um, subscription and membership scheme, but it's it's all yeah. set up now, and that's I've got full control over it. You know, if if that's I want, awesome, John. Like you know, you've got the skills to do it. I think it's just yeah. wonderful that you've you've managed to do that. I, mean, it, I just don't have the skills well, to do the, it. So there are pros and cons. Yeah. You know, if you go on yeah. Patreon, it's a trusted system. People already have accounts there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's an easier process for people to kind of click through. So I've got to convince people that, yes, it's okay to go to my website and subscribe to that there. But it's all mm-hmm. like you pay through with Visa um, or, or PayPal. No, you can't do PayPal with subscription services, unfortunately. Um, so it's all like, it's all security-wise, it's all fantastic. But it's like, it's a different level to convincing people who have already got an account with Patreon, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. that's all self-contained. But like I say, I I just like doing things myself. You know, you you might yeah. guess that from the sort of stuff I do. It's like I like tinkering myself and understanding mm-hmm. how things work. So yeah. it was always going to be the route that I went down. Yeah, and and the really lovely thing as well is obviously anybody who's signing up to support you on that, every penny is going into you being able to produce more work you know so yeah there's nobody else going to be like patreon obviously takes a chunk yeah <laughs> like, service, that it? so. like the setup cost has been way more than sure. going on patreon yeah. because you don't have any upfront costs on patreon so i've had to yeah. put money into so that, that. yeah, yeah like yeah. setting it up um but once i get past a certain point then yeah the the, the mm. cut is insignificant compared to using mm. Patreon. So yeah. it's this, this, this first six months where I'm kind of hopefully getting to a certain number of subscribers will be about breaking even. And then after that, it's like, okay, it, it'll start to make sense that I've done it myself over using another service mm. for it. That's awesome. Yeah, That's thanks. so good. And uh yeah, huge well huge well done for like getting that all set up and, and knowing how to I would literally uh, you know, I looked into it and was like, I have no idea where I would even start trying to build something like this into into my websites as much as I'd, I'd like to. And and I think it's just wonderful what you've what you've done with that, John. Thank so you. awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, making zines and making prints and stuff. Well, yes, or, it. Like fundamentally, it's all about just being able to make stuff and get it out there and having a real easy workflow behind the scenes to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's this is it. This is kind of now I can really just start getting things out there to people mm-hmm. and just producing work and and not not spending time on kind of admin things regards of the websites it's like it's all set up on mine now i know what i'm doing i can just make make prints you know and take photos yeah. so where do people need to go they need to go to my website which is johnwhitmorephotography.co.uk fantastic yeah. and um mm-hmm. a few listeners i have noticed have already subscribed um i sent out a mailing list email last week to people that are on my mailing list and i know a few of your listeners so thank you very much but anybody who hasn't subscribed yet and if you would like to there is a special promo code of sunny 16 on the uh, checkout page and i will send you a postcard pack as part of the subscription as well and I'll, I'll automatically include that for listeners already because I know who you are. Thank you very much. <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> Something like a threat at the end is the job. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> I know where you live as well. <laughs> Not even slightly ominous. Um, that's really cool. Well, again, we wish you the very best with that, John. It's, as we've talked about with so many people so many times, m making any money to do to pursue your career as an artist is a bloody difficult. You're trying it, Rachel's trying it, so many people are trying to make it work. And... Uh, yeah, it's not easy. Uh, and unless you really want to go and retrain as a plumber or whatever, I'll go yeah, yeah. recommending you do at the moment. Then, as, as a cyber, right? Whatever. Yeah. The cyber is. As a cyber, <laughs> just be a cyber plumber. Yeah, be a cyber. Okay. Yeah. Do you know um, what? I think I could get into cyber. I reckon there's a lot of money in it. <laughs> <laughs> you seem very cyber. Um, shall we dig into some of these emails that we've got? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so people have written into us at sunny16podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much, everybody who what? has. We really That's appreciate it. I know. the first time you've ever done that, Graham. I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. Does anybody else think? <laughs> it had to happen sooner or later. Um, so I will take this first one. Seeing as this first one is from our good friend, Paul Friday, frequent correspondent, um, who is writing regarding uh, my, uh, when it finally turned up, Sunny <laughs> um, 16 Presents episode. Um, so he writes and say, Dear Sunnies, also I'm saying this because I think I'm the only one that might pronounce that word correctly. And if one of you gets it wrong, then it's going to be really embarrassing and I'm going to have to bleep it. Um, after listening to Graham's attempts at being a Canoe, canute, canoe, canoe, canoe. <laughs> 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 to being canoe, canute, um, which is incidentally spelled C N U C N U T. So I very much assume that he just spelled that word wrong. Um, a canute might give you a useful link. So this, I assume, is in reference to when. I was stood on the beach and the tide was coming in and I realised that I might have left myself in a bit of a sticky situation. <laughs> this is a tide predictor. Pick the nearest port to the beach you are visiting and get the tide times for a week ahead. And there's a link there, which I'll drop in the show notes because it seems like it'd be quite a useful thing. Long may your socks stay dry because you've already covered underwater large format photography. Uh, cheers from Paul. That does seem like a very useful thing. Now, Claire, you are far more likely to be found by a beach uh, than yeah. any of us is this a thing that you make use of to make sure yeah, you're there at the I right do. time i do actually i i will quite often um look up the tides i just type in tide table anglesey and then it will i uh, to uh work out yeah I, I use it quite a lot That's yeah are there, are there any uh, i'm interested actually with any of you guys are there any um apps or websites that you'll visit for things like gold now or stuff like that when you go out shooting or do you just tend to look out the window and go eh, seems all right <laughs> Um, for for kind of like um, uh, sun sun tracks travel, that's useful. Um, I, I can't remember which app I've used in the past for that one actually, but to know where where the sun trail is going to be or wh where it's going to actually be casting light during the day is mm -hmm. it can be useful. Um, that's sort of from when I used to work in like video production and things like mm. that. Um, was always always very helpful um but yeah it's uh also handy for if you're about to put up a solar cam of course <laughs> mm. uh, so you know where it's gonna go yeah um that can be handy um my my light meter app is the one that i use most frequently and the massive dev um app for development obviously yeah yeah two very useful apps. what about you john um, there is an app and a website, and I can't remember the name of it either. We'll have to stick it in the show notes. I think I showed it to you, Graham. It's you can put in any date and time 
and you click on a location on the planet and it shows you exactly the elevation and the direction of the sun. Um, oh, yes. And, and the yeah, moon as well. It's really, it's really useful. Yeah, I remember you showed me that. Actually, very specifically, you showed it for me. For um, when we were looking at the waterfall, I did end up going yeah. down to try and photograph. <laughs> I clearly wasn't paying enough attention. I went when I had the time. I mean, that's you can look at what the correct time is all you want, but ultimately you go, well, this is the time I've got. Um, but still, it's good to know that these apps are out there for the more organized people. Um, Rach, do you want to take this next one from Aaron Alfano? Absolutely. No problem. So Aaron's written in to say, hello, Sunbeams. I am submitting my cheap shots challenge entries for the music topic. I made these photographs with my trusty Pentax Spotmatic and 50mm Super Tacma, uh, Tacma lens um, using HP5 Plus at 400. I shot these in early September and sent the roll off to the fine folks at Full Tone Photo in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm going to resist the temptation to go off on a political rant about the fact that the United States Postal Service is on the verge of collapse, but suffice it to say that Full Tone only received my film this morning. <sighs> they nonetheless did their usual excellent job in processing my film, as well as three other roles, and had my scans to me this afternoon, so I am able to get my entries in right under the wire. I started using Full Tone because of their low prices, but I have found that they're developing scanning and customer service to be the best of any lab I've used, and I have tried several. I highly recommend them. Uh, hope you enjoy the photos. Keep up the great work on the show. Thank you very much, Aaron, for um, emailing in. And if I scroll down a bit, I think I can actually see these photos. Oh, wow, these are fab. Yes, just as a quick reminder for anybody listening, the Cheap Shots Challenge uh, this round, the theme is music. So these are music-related pictures. Uh, so, Rach, seeing yeah. as you're um, uh, looking at these, why don't you describe uh, the first of these images that we're looking at? Um, I, well, I think they're obviously like a pair from a, a, a scene. Um, in terms of the first image, it's uh, a keyboard and it's, been shot lengthways down the keyboard itself a music keyboard obviously or a piano um and uh, it gives you this beautiful there's a beautifully shallow depth of field so it's really picked out one particular um part of the keyboard itself um it's in an extreme it uh, sort of like contrast of black and white so really really dark deep blacks and very white bright uh whites um and highlights and uh, you can see that there's a, a sheet of manuscript uh paper as well um for them to be playing from so yeah it's lovely it's um it kind of looks like you're st looking down a street in terms of perspective um it's mm. quite an abstract image, actually, if you look at it on its own without seeing the second image. Um, mm. I, I like what I particularly like about this image is that the lighting is very um, focused. There's like a tight spot of lighting mm -hmm. right in the center of it's the like piano. Day, isn't it? And, yeah, it's yeah. Single single bright spotlight almost yeah and um and, he, and aaron has also picked that as the focal point so it mm -hmm. really does draw your attention to the brightest spot as your eyes drawn to naturally that's also the sharpest spot and as you were saying it, the very very contrasty black and white is perfect for a, a, a um piano keys it um looks really great uh, john claire what do you think of this one i, exactly I love the second one I'd, yeah, I'd... me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, how about we get to that one next, Claire? So before we do, I'm would sorry. you like to think about the first one? 
Sorry about the second one. Oh no, the first one. Oh, you've only talked. To- oh boy. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a struggle tonight. <laughs> yes, you did, didn't you? And you weren't lying. Um, let's move on to the second one then, John. Do you want to describe the second one? Oh, I love the second one. So it's it's the same. <laughs> really? <laughs> I assume it's the same piano or keyboard. Looking at it, it's a piano. As, it's very much a piano. As if you're about to approach it, and the spotlight is on uh, the musical score that's on a stand, and you can just see the keys as well. I just, I mm. love the fact that like, you could imagine that potentially behind it, it could be in a huge hall, and the audience mm. could be in complete darkness, and the pianist is about to approach the piano and start playing. I just think it's it's full of mystery that one. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see that it is a piano in the second one. It could it could be either really in the first one, but it gives you it's got such a lot of lovely negative space as well wow. in this image, um, which really lets you kind of fill in those blanks. Like you say, John, it could be just the audience in complete darkness and, and what have you. Um yeah. this is really atmospheric and it, it does make me feel like it reminds me of being on stage. Um you know, with orchestra and what have you, and then maybe a soloist or something is just going up to the piano to play. It's very cool. What do you think, Claire? Well, I'm going to echo some of what's already been said, but I think, again, I love the lighting in it. Um, I love the focus lighting um, and, again, the atmosphere. Um, And it's quite minimalist but really effective. And, again, it just reminds me, you, you just expect someone like Andrew Lloyd Webber to come up um and start and start playing or something but yeah no i i really love the second one yeah lovely work so, all around um okay john do you want to take this next one which is another cheap shots one from bob matter okay past winner bob matter here we ah, go yes. dear sunnies attached to my two entries for round 13 of the cheap shots challenge music I reduced my photos to approximately a quarter of their original size with Microsoft Paint, a program that comes bundled with Microsoft Windows operating system. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I used the same camera I've been using since round nine, an Olympus Stylus Zoom DLX purchased at a charity shop for under $13 US dollars. This time I splurged and shot a fresh roll of Kodak Tri-X Pan 400. Careful. Um, I shot and developed the film at box speed uh, in Rodinol 50 to 1 and once again scanned my negatives with my used handheld clear click virtuoso scanner. Right, my first shot. Well, that's quite musical, isn't it? <laughs> virtuoso. <Yeah. laughs> my first photo was shot in Curtis Hall on the 10th floor of the Fine Arts Building, aka mm-hmm. the Stude Baker Building in Chicago on an early Saturday afternoon. This building was constructed in 1895 and was originally a horse-drawn carriage manufacturing sales and service facility for the Studebaker Company. I think Studebaker. Stude, I think Studebaker. Studebaker. I said it's Studebaker to start with, didn't I? <laughs> Studebaker, <laughs> Studebaker moved to a larger facility in 1897 and in 1898. The old building was converted to offices, studios and performance space, catering to all manner of the arts, but primarily music. That's cool. All right. Should we have a look at this image now? Auntie Karen's mm-hmm. talking about it. Mm. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like an empty, large room with a a chair and a piano in the background. Well, it's bit with lots of lovely natural light coming through the windows and reflecting off the uh, polished wooden floor. 
Mm. I love the um, angle that that's been shot from as well. Like it feels, um, it feels quite, although it's not a low angle, it feels quite open, I suppose. And almost like, again, you've got quite a lot of perspective in that because it's pointing towards the corner of the room. Mm -hmm. It's quite a wide, it feels quite wide, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you can see a lot kind of, of what's going on and that kind of grain of the wooden floor. Um, you can almost hear somebody walking across those wooden that wooden floor type. Yeah, you know, hear, hear how it, that would how that would be. Yeah, it feels like it's shot from being sat on a chair. Actually, at that yes, sort of yeah. eye level, isn't it? Um, yeah. So it kind so of really like puts you in it. It's lower. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you guys on to say Curtis Hall is home to the Chicago Youth Symphony Orchestras and mm. would normally be teaming teaming with children between the ages of 6 and 18, practicing and performing orchestral chamber and jazz music on a Saturday afternoon. But alas, because of the pandemic, the room was silent and empty, save for a piano covered in a black shroud, few music stands devoid of sheet music, and a couple of chairs with no occupants. This sombre scene with the lovely light coming through the windows was exactly how I found it. Mm -hmm. The Chicago Youth Synth Symphony Orchestra are still practicing and performing, albeit virtually via Zoom. I encourage you to watch some of their performances on YouTube. They're extraordinarily mm -hmm. ta talented, and he's put a link in to their performance, which we will put in the show notes. So that, that captures it perfectly, doesn't it, as we, mm -hmm. were, we were saying? I do love his use of the word shroud. Uh, the piano doesn't have a cover on it. It has a shroud on it, which I definitely think makes the whole thing a lot more somber. Mummy throw shroud in there. Everything's got distinctly sombrero. Sombrero. Sombra. Anyway, moving on, John. More somber. That's it. Yeah. yeah. My, um, his second photo is of 25-year-old jazz musician and teacher Derek Tate of Berkeley College, um, music graduate and music teacher who often busks at weekends on Wrigley Plaza on Chicago's Magnificent Mile, where the photo was taken. Uh, I'd seen him photograph Derek at the plaza before, but never had any interaction with him until I tagged him in this photo on Instagram. I also see the Chicago police officer in the photo on duty at the plaza regularly. It must be his normal beat. No pun intended. Sorry, <laughs> I, I was already laughing at that. <laughs> Derek commented back to me on Instagram, shout out to that officer behind me. He always comes to watch me play. Lol. Here is a little sample of Derek playing and he's put another link in, so we'll put that in. Uh, once again, I had loads of fun participating this round. Despite the hindrance of having to wear a face mask, the weather was warm, dry and sunny, sometimes all at once. <laughs> I had no camera malfunctions, which I credit to improved battery health due to warmer weather. Thanks for all the effort you put forth organising and administering these challenges for our enjoyment. Stay positive, test negative, and be like Carl. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So the second photo, oh, it's a great shot. That is, um, what's his name? Derek in the foreground um, with the police officer lent up against his car in the, in the background watching, watching him play the saxophone as well. Nice little streets yeah. kind of documentary shot. Yeah, I like the policeman. Yeah. I think he's a he's a nice touch in the image. <laughs> Just watching yeah. and the nice and the nice is a nice background story that he comes all the time. It's yeah. nice. It's really good. Yeah, I still, and also I just love the fact the the 
position that the police officer was in that very casual leaning against the car with his legs crossed just yeah it really works super well that shot perfectly captured moment there um great stuff okay uh where are we make that small again because it's far too big um claire do you want to take this last one i think it's the last one from um billy sanford yeah Yeah, no problem (laughs) hello sunbeams uh, just a quick note to say that I really enjoyed the most recent episode of Sunny 16 Presents with Bill 2's discussion on astrophotography. Me too. I thought it was really great. I also enjoyed looking over all of the images on his Instagram feed. It certainly seems to be a discipline that should appeal to those who do want to slow down their process and make very considered images. This leads me to my question for this week. I'm still new enough back into film photography that I've been sticking mostly to outdoor daylight scenarios where Sunny 16 and FA and B there are different (laughs) rules of thumb that may come into play depending on the situation. So my question for the group today is how you all tend to approach more challenging lighting scenarios, whether outdoors at night or indoors at any time of day, do you have a particular favourite film or other choices you tend to employ to get results you are most happy with? I hope everyone is well. Billy. Um, that, was, that was my little addition at the end, just because Billy also <laughs> sent another email. <laughs> sent another email in, um, which said very nice things about the, the oh, yeah. show I put out on Sunday 16%. And there was far too nice things for me to possibly include to be read out. But thank what? you very much, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> very much appreciated. Out. Such is a cop out, Graham. We could read it out for you. So he's got a question I know, but for I haven't included it. And then it, so that's has, right. has Billy provided this lovely picture as well? <laughs> I think the picture had no explanation with it at all, but I thought well, I need I like to share it. it with you guys. I like um, it because it's so. Um, I, I, I like it straight away. Some it's so sunbeam bread. <laughs> sunbeam bread. Old oh, it's the bread. bread. Yeah, oh, I thought uh, it was um, uh, a packet of crisps or something, but that was <laughs> an old-fashioned cocktail. Sunbeam, <laughs> old-fashioned. That's us. That's us. Um, I think that's a really good question, actually, about yeah. uh, dealing with mm. shooting in difficult lighting situations. Mm. So, um, do any of you guys have a particular approach? I mean, John, obviously, you just throw all your technology at it. Your <laughs> camera. Um, your camera, as you walk into a room, it goes, don't worry, John, I've got this. You, got you sit in the corner, I'll just take these pictures. It's not true. It. It's not true. You have to know yeah. how to use your tool, though, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you have to know where the on switch is. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, of course. I'm talking about Nikon. Uh, the Nikon F6. Actually, the, so the some of the prints that I'm doing at the moment, the one of the workshops that I was shooting um, was very difficult lighting conditions. It was an incredibly hot day, really sunny outside, clear blue skies. And uh, we were all social distancing underneath a gazebo. So there wasn't any light under the gazebo compared to outside. Like the difference between the light was it was enormous. So obviously, when you, what, depending on what metering mode you're on, your camera is going to meter for the bright sky in the background rather mm-hmm. than the subjects under the gazebo. So in that situation, I did point metering. Um, on the subjects and got a rough meter reading before I took any photos to make sure when I was exposing, it was always metering for the subjects rather than the sky. Um, and of course, I shot HB5 because that's very forgiving and has got a huge dynamic range. Is point metering the same as spot metering? Is it just a different term for it or is it slightly different? Uh, I don't know if I got the right term. It's the mode on the F6, which basically... <laughs> It, it it meters where you've got um, like your focus point yeah. is. 
as opposed yeah, so to metering the whole frame. You're metering a particular point or a particular spot in the frame. Yes. I think it's yeah. a slightly different uh, term, but for the same thing. That's, oh, okay. that's cool because obviously different cameras have different um, terminology in the manuals, you know. The, oh, the okay. It might it might I be think... called spot metering. I just called it point metering then. Probably. Yeah, it's definitely called spot metering. But Rachel's just trying to be very kind about the whole thing. Oh, right. um, <laughs> what about you then, Rachel? Because with um, shooting weddings and stuff, you go and do yeah. you are frequently They're presented really with difficult. Like, yeah, churches turns out not great for lighting. So how will you approach those? Uh, real faff. Um, uh, just just cheat, shoot it black and white if it's shite, as they say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm obviously joking. Um, a little, uh, but in all seriousness, uh, I also this is another reason why I love uh, shooting with HP5. As John said, it's very forgiving. Um, it can uh, have a fantastic range in terms of uh, what it will be able to cover. Um, when you're shooting with film in general, highlights it's it's much more difficult to blow out your highlights than uh, if you're underexposing um you, you're more likely to end up with mucky and muddy kind of um shadows so so always make sure that um you're shooting in order for it to be able to uh, so if you're overexposing slightly that's going to be better than underexposing if uh, in order to uh, make sure that you've got detail in both your highlights and your shadows it's the opposite way around for digital. It really does. Digital doesn't really, really doesn't deal that well uh, in a general sense with highlights. It's much easier to bring out detail in the shadows if you're shooting with digital. Um, so it, when I'm shooting with film, I would use something like a stock like HP5, and um, in order to give me that kind of like latitude, you know, that uh, ability to to br bring out the details if I need to. Um, there was the one particular. Um, project that I shot which was actually um somebody had a, a literally a whole circus for a celebration that they were having it was a bit like a wedding or it was a kind of joint celebration thing um and I shot I think five or six rolls of film throughout the day we went right from bright midday sun blue sky you know outdoors um all the way through to a few little spotlights, a bit like what was on that piano, <laughs> uh, you know, sort of like highlighting just very sort of small parts of yeah. the uh, of the image. Um, and I shot all of that on HP5, but I pushed it to different ISOs. So um, I had it originally, I pulled it to 200 and then I shot at 400. And then as the light was disappearing, I was then pushing it to 800 and uh, 1600. Um, and it didn't let me down at all. It was um, it was great to be able to do that. And I was also using my sort of um, meet, my spot metering in uh, in camera uh, in order to make sure that you've um, you've given your your image enough uh, information uh, in both the shadows and the highlights. So that's that's what I would do. That sounds a good tip. Um, Claire, with Polaroids in particular, which you shoot mm. a lot of, you've got less control, but you yeah. do shoot yeah. in indoors and in quite difficult situations. Yeah. I mean, How do you handle that? Yeah, because with, with the Polaroid, I think when you bring a Polaroid camera inside, I think that's when it tends to all fall apart because mm. it just really likes the sunshine. So you can do it. I, I wouldn't, well, actually, some people I know do shoot with an SX-70 inside um you, you feel, feel amazing fridge shots and great yeah people. yeah you have to have i think um a light you have to have lights um i would say otherwise um 
it's everything's going to it's either going to be completely underexposed so if you, if it's a polaroid i would use um any available lights in the room but also bring your own lighting kit as well um 35 mil i've been shooting indoors and at night um and i um billy i really like um cine still 800 film i think it's a beautiful film um i think it's but it's colour, obviously, um, and I, I love the kind of um, the richness of the colours that you can get. Um, but I imagine uh, stocks might vary. Um, and I actually like Lomography 800 and Lomography 400 as well shot inside if you use lights as well. Um, and also, I suppose, like a fast aperture lens or something. You so continuous light, Claire. Sorry? Yeah. Continuous yeah. light, yeah. yeah. When it's in yeah. lights, that's what you're meaning. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think generally speaking, most of the cameras that we're using have got some sort of light meter on them, uh, although those can crap out when it drops down super low. Um, mm. But you've always got your phone. I think the thing that I always find you need to be careful of if you're shooting in, whether it's in very low light, indoors or whatever, is that you you have to use your light meters as a guide because you it can be so changeable and you have to be really wary of bright spots throwing things out if you've got one area that's particularly bright in a room that can just throw the meter reading off completely because I, uh, I was shooting instax wide uh, using my old like um instant 100 you know mm -hmm. um, and uh it, i was taking um a portrait thankfully this was just this was just kind of like for me years back um and uh i i took this image and was like well that didn't work because all of the shadows like everything that wasn't that was less than kind of um anything that was less than white was just black basically <laughs> uh, mm. and the white was just so it, basically the the person in the in the photo had a white shirt on and it just blew everything else completely <laughs> disappeared yeah. and all you could see was this like bodyless like a headless kind of person in a shirt because <laughs> all you could see was a white shirt and it just completely took over um and and i thought actually when i took that image that there was quite a bit of light in the shot so you kind of just need even more than you think when you're working with instant isn't it really oh yeah definitely definitely yeah <laughs> the more the more the better <laughs> yeah and i mean and i'm going to echo what you've suggested i mean I, I think things like hp5 are just fantastic just in terms of the latitude and just be prepared to look for somewhere to rest the camera on if the shutter speeds are getting down too yeah. low um <laughs> so you don't get you know that's always the trade off like, okay well you can... right yeah 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 exactly um just echo uh, i know we've talked about before we got on there actually echo billy's sentiment about bill two's um show yeah. on Sunday 16 presents uh that was a really really great show that uh, bill made for us um if anybody hasn't listened yet it's well worth checking out um bill talks about his experiences uh, with astrophotography and sort of gives it a nice simple how-to and listening to it really made me want to get out and have a go <laughs> at doing it he makes it sound uh, as as people like billy have done with theirs <laughs> billy did one on cyanotypes and um we've had ones on doing the uh um color prints or color images from black and white you know we've had lots of great 
people doing stuff for us on the Sony 16 Presents feed, and it always makes it sound really approachable and really doable. So uh, if you've ever thought you might like to go and capture some star trails or something like that, or the Milky Way, mm. do it's not, not a long listen. I think it's under certainly under half an hour. Um, and, yeah, Bill did a really great job. Um, so that was fantastic. Do go and check that yeah. out. It's, it's i'm looking at it right now again it's one of my one of my favorites um i think claire you have a copy don't you as well yeah yeah and we've got some of his obviously um day daytime work but also his astro work definitely yeah. yeah yeah i'm, I'm actually going to listen to um, listen to it again um, <laughs> like I say it was inspiring me i was thinking oh I'm, i want to get out now and, and do so yeah <laughs> the only the only thing that puts me off because you know he's talking about the fact that you know when you're shooting film because this is obviously it's talking about shooting film doing the star trail photography using film uh that the exposures can take over an hour a couple yeah, of hours quite yeah. easily and it's going quite chilly <laughs> <laughs> I, I went out for a quick spin on my bike earlier and like oh this is getting a little bit chilly um but you know, still. <laughs> yes that's true, that's true. And, and bill's heading towards some of that so but you need your parker on graham and your big hat and trust me uh, yes that's true <laughs> yes that's very true very true um thank you so much everybody for emailing and uh, great emails as always um want to draw another email that we had that was about a kickstart which is going on now which i think will definitely be of interest to anybody listening to this this was sent in to us by uh, johannes hebelein uh, apologies if i've horribly butchered that for the lime one uh, so the lime one is a a new compact light meter for analog cameras um and like i said this is going on at the moment it's got 23 days to go it's already fully fully um funded so uh, that's great i really like the look of this it it's a very um it's pretty the right word i don't know whether you guys are all looking at this as well polished. but it's really the polished yeah, the aesthetics of it really do suit the um yeah the old cameras uh, i know we um talked about uh oh i'm gonna forget the name of it now there was another light meter that was kickstarted very successfully last year which also looked like a fabulous light meter um i cannot remember the light name was of it, it now. revy labs Rev oh, yes it that's it Rev i think so Raveni, that's it. Uh, another fabulous light meter. This is again doing the same kind of thing, similar kind of thing. Um, so you've got a display on top so you can actually see what's going on. Um, it looks really nice. It looks really smart. I really like the aesthetics of it. Um, yeah, just generally looks very cool. Uh, the Lime one, as I said, is the name of the thing. So if you will put the link in the show notes, but uh, yeah, go on to Kickstarter and search mm -hmm. for Lime One, a, contact, a compact light meter for analog cameras. If you think this might be of interest to you, I don't know. I wonder if it says on here how low it will go, whether that will help us out with um, uh, our, our low. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it's a limbo one. It doesn't doesn't actually say exactly how low it will go on here, I don't think. But um, unfortunately, most light meters do tend to give up the ghost a bit when it gets too dark um then you but, just get into experimenting and uh, what somebody might call guessing <laughs> yeah we the one of the things that i've always wanted to pick up and haven't done i think it's called the black cat guide i know that the fpp have talked about i think they've sold them in the past where they do and i think it's like a paper uh wheel guide where you turn and so and it has 
loads of situations on there and the settings needs to say oh you're dark with some ambient light from a city or blah 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 and you turn to that and it'll give you the settings so um, i've always I mean, meant I, to pick my pinhole, um for my like my uh ilford obscura it came with a like a paper wheel uh which gives you obviously very low isos you know like iso 3 or iso 6 because i use that for my paper uh negatives in my pinhole camera and things so yeah um, yeah that that kind of thing is very helpful with uh with that might want yeah. to check out an app as well you know there's plenty of uh apps like pinhole calculator and things that would go down to a very low iso or um lighting conditions as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely uh okay so that pretty much does it um want to quickly say uh so uh, we mentioned this last time we had the backing paper um and i want to give another shout out to all of our regular donors on this um a couple of people have sent us their addresses already if you are a regular supporter for us on coffee um please do send us your address because john and i are going to get together imminently uh and we're going to get some stickers and stuff in the post that's the plan isn't it john yes 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 um but we need addresses like i said a couple of people have already got in touch with that but yes if you are i will try and remember to put a post up on the actual coffee page for this if you are a regular donor please do let us know your address um and we've also had a few one-off donations i want to say a big thank you for um uh for here's another name for me to get horribly wrong christoph sieglin um henry scott who we know from the tales from the magic box podcast mm-hmm. what a delight and simon e uh i'm not sure that's simon edward maybe it is maybe it's another simon um but thank you so much mm-hmm. to those guys for uh donating it's very much appreciated um and uh as we uh branch out into new experiments so one of the things that we're going to attempt this week is we're going to attempt to, to do some video stuff, which is yeah. where it's all going to fall apart. Um, so we, as mentioned a few weeks ago, we do have a YouTube channel with only one video on there at the moment. And that's just of me fanning around with a intrepid camera and my carbon adventurous. If you're interested in seeing how those do compare, uh, you can go and find that on YouTube if you're really good at hunting for stuff on YouTube because YouTube doesn't make it easy. Um, what we're going to try and do this week is that uh, John and I are going to try and catch up with David Allen and Matt Parry, who we spoke to back in early August, was it, John? I, certainly well, I wasn't there for that, I don't think. Weren't you? No, I don't think so. Okay, maybe. <laughs> I, was maybe. maybe. I was there. Oh, there you go, it's Claire. There was three of us, there was three of us, I'm sure. Anyway. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, I think it was early August, end of July, yeah. Yeah, not the most relevant thing, but I might get hung <laughs> up on it anyway. Um, anyway, the thing is, we're going to try and catch up with those guys to look at the entries that people sent in for the Too Sick, Too Spurious uh, competition. So we're going to have a go at recording this uh, so you can then share it so people can actually see the pictures that we're talking about. This is our trial run for future Cheap Shots Challenge. <laughs> efforts um so yes let's see how that goes but this is what the coffee money gets used towards is experimenting in these brave new directions which will almost certainly end in tears (laughs) and terrible footage (laughs) but it's all good fun 
other stuff we've got coming out this week is I think this week, Rachel, we've got your um, most recent Underexposed coming out, haven't we? Who is yeah, that with? That's right. Uh, that's with, uh, with Carmen DeVos and um, the wonderful Claire Marie Bailey. <laughs> We, we have you heard of her she's fabulous mm -hmm. um so yeah we we um this is obviously a little while ago now but we did a um a, a kind of a video call with with carmen um just a, a little word of warning it was uh, she was quite quiet so uh, i know graham you've you've done some you've worked some magic on it to help uh, boost her a, a little bit i think um but it was a lovely conversation it was really uh, fascinating to speak to to her um and find out all, all about her all about her work and her life and mm. things so uh, yeah really thoroughly enjoyed that so i'm looking forward to um uh putting that out uh, as the underexposed uh episode on uh sunny 16 presents and hopefully i will also be releasing that on my patreon uh dot com forward slash little vintage photography uh as the video version uh yeah. as soon too so yeah Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's great. As you said, the audio quality on this was certainly not wonderful, but I think it's still well worth a listen because it was a great conversation. So um, that will be going up uh, imminently, yeah. <laughs> as with everything. <laughs> everything is going up imminently. Um, so, yeah, please go and do do go and check it out. We've got some really cool stuff on the Sunny 16 Presents feed. Um, with, you know, stuff's going out slowly but surely on there, and we're not beating ourselves up but trying to keep to a real tight timeline on it because we're going for quality over um, non-quantity. Well, maybe over quantity as well. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's great. There's some really good stuff on there. There's something for everybody up there now um, and more stuff to come very, very soon. I think that about does it, guys? Does that about do it? Mm, so, yeah. I think so. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Oh, do you know? Yeah, I think I think we've covered everything. It's been so lovely to be back and yeah. chat with you all today. So, um, thank you for everybody for your patience waiting for me to uh, come back and and uh, uh, speak to you guys on the show as well. So, uh, I've missed you all. It's been really nice to uh, catch up today uh, with that. And uh, can you believe it's uh, one month till my fortieth birthday now? Oh my is it is it one month today, Rach? Tomorrow, oh, I mean, actually, tomorrow yeah. one month tomorrow, the fourteenth of November. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, so I guess I'll have to grow up at that point and uh, nah. start <laughs> 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 <In> my life. <laughs> uh, speaking as a very much over forty, I can confirm. Nope, <laughs> you definitely don't. You can so start going the other way at forty. It's fine. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then, and then it's acceptable, is it? Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, if anybody has any suggestions for um, sort of fortieth birthday celebrations within lockdown um, or anything that um yeah anybody wants to uh give me a sort of like ideas and things and yeah it would be kind of nice to to see what you think if you've got a some burst balloon and an empty pot of honey coming your way yeah. soon <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, yes okay. absolutely <laughs> yeah well we will leave you good people in peace thank you so much for listening as always we will play you out with Rachel's fabulous band Rock. Oh, yeah. Uh, and where can people find your music, Rach? Oh, everywhere. Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, anywhere that sells music. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. 
And if you'd like to get in touch with us, please do. You can email us at sunny16podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are sunny16podcast everywhere. And, of course, we have our website, sunny16podcast.com, where you can find all the episodes and the show notes and stuff like that. Um, we will be back with you soon. And we will be with you on the Sunny 16 Presents. There's so much stuff going on. Thank you so much for listening again. And goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.